Welcome back to the Lifted Warrior Podcast, where once a week you receive strategy and strength on life's daily issues and biblical principles. We are right smack dab in the middle of our Modeled After Jesus series, and this week we're discussing being able to tear down improper theology. So we're going to kind of deal in what theology is, how Jesus kind of teared down some uh, improper things during his time, and then how this relates to you. So let's kick it off. So first, what we have to first do is just understand what theology is. So theology is the study of the nature of God and religious beliefs. So at its simplest form, it's your study or your ideas, your understanding of biblical concepts, your understanding, your your ideas of God and how that relates to your walking out of your beliefs. So as you begin to read your Bible, you will begin to understand that many things that we ascribe to be doctrine really isn't doctrine. Um, It is either not in the Bible at all, or it was a specific action told to a specific set of people during a specific time so that they didn't look like people around them. And it was never meant to be law. The biggest example of this is in the in the Old Testament where they're around the people of God, a lot of the people who were serving um, or doing divination, they would mark their bodies as a act of their divination. So in order for them to not look like that at all, what God told them was don't mark your bodies. For the longest in the Christian community, this was taken as law when it was really just supposed to be something for that set of people. However, because a lot of church services that does not include direct reading of the word of God, it is easy to pick up these sayings or it's easy to pick up these, you know, understandings as principle when it was either preference of a of one person or one person's perception of what they thought the word was saying. Um, and even with this, my biggest, the biggest one that we see is when praises go up, blessings come down. And again, that's just nowhere in the Bible at all. Nowhere in the Bible does it say when you praise God that he's going to release blessings. I think what can be better understood for this is when we put our hearts in the right position, then yes, we do begin to see things poured out because of our hearts being in the right position. But that is not just because we decided to praise God. Now, praise does put your heart in the proper position, you know, to be humbled and to be laid down before God, but it's not praise It's Self that causes this thing. And another big reason for improper theology when it concerns our understanding of the word is because we try to bend the word of God to mean what we want it to mean. Instead of reading it for its face value or reading it as a blank state, we go into the word thinking or already having an understanding or a, a ending that we're trying to get to. And whatever we're reading, we kind of we warp it, we bend it, we even break it in order to make it meet what we're trying to make it meet. And this is actually a thing that that we can do even, you know, unknowingly. You know, we're reading the word, we we're searching, you know, words for encouragement or words for hope or words for faith. 
And unknowingly, we will take any scripture that comes up from that search and try to make it mean what we need in that moment when that's not necessarily what it means. That's why we have to read the Bible in context. The Bible will, ex- will explain itself if you allow it to. What you have to do is go and read before and read after that main verse that you just picked up to get the full context of what the word means. And this is a direct example of exegesis versus eisegesis. If you don't know what those two words mean, exegesis is basically pulling out versus eisegesis is putting in. So what we want to do when we read our word is pull out, not put in. So again, when you dive into it, you want to dive into it with a blank mind, even if it's something that you've already read. Because a lot of times what we can do is because we already had one revelation on, on a particular topic, we completely miss any opportunity for new revelation because we go into it thinking we already know what it means when it could mean something totally different. The And the last thing that kind of gives to this improper theology or the making up of our improper theology is we go into the Bible or read the Bible as if we are the hero of the story. Now, the Bible itself is a story of mankind and God redeeming mankind back to him, himself. It's it's showing us how frail we are, how unreliable we are, how unholy, how unrighteous we are, and it shows how God redeems us back to him. However, what we do a lot of times is when we're reading the word, we see ourselves as David, we see ourselves as Moses, we see ourselves as the disciples when truly we should be looking at ourselves as the people that need saving because that's who we are. Now, let me clarify that just because we are the people that need saving doesn't mean that we can't have qualities of those people. Doesn't mean that we shouldn't strive to be like those people. Doesn't mean you shouldn't strive to be as a worshiper as David was. It doesn't mean you shouldn't strive to be faithful as Abraham and Abram was. It doesn't mean you shouldn't strive to to cling on to those same promises. But what I want you to understand is you are not necessarily the hero more so as you are the person that needs to be saved. As we know this, right, it is important that when we get proper understanding on things, that we do the necessary work in order to uproot the improper understanding because improper understanding of God's word is like a weed in your garden. So there's seeds being planted, there's seeds from the word being planted in you daily as you read daily or as you worship daily, as you, you know, take in preaching daily. Seeds are being dropped. However, if the seeds of improper thought, of improper theology are left there, they will eat up the correct seed and leave that seed dead. So you have to do the work of taking those weeds out of that garden daily. Knowing this is necessary, right? We know what improper theology is and what it can do. How did Jesus himself tear down theology? Or what what are some things that Jesus himself came against? And I want to look at Matthew chapter 23. And we'll just kind of look through just this chapter um, to just pull out a couple of things that a lot of things that Jesus openly came out against, you know, when he was in the temple, he flipped over the chairs. He constantly came against the Pharisees and the things that they were doing. But I want to just look at this to pull out a couple of things that he did. And then we'll go from there. In Matthew 23 verses one through 12, the first thing that was brought out of this in this passage is the Pharisees were teaching things properly. However, they themselves weren't living these things. This is something that 
I don't necessarily see a lot of today, but it is something that can uh, can bring bring itself up or root itself up is people will have a great understanding of the word will have a great knowledge head knowledge of the word but they are not living it they're not walking it out so you can go to their service and they can preach you under the table however they are not able themselves to carry the load that they were preaching to you so they're giving you these large commands that they themselves aren't able to follow they're making it harder for you as a citizen of the kingdom when they themselves aren't able to walk that out. Jesus points out to us that they are being puffed up. They're being self-serving in their effort to serve the people. So they're making the people feel less than so they depend more on them when they themselves aren't able to follow out what they're preaching. Right. Then we jump down to Matthew 23, verse 13. Um, and they were making it seem harder or deeper than it really was to be able to be accepted into the kingdom of God. This is something that I do kind of see a lot of is where people who aren't necessarily truly in the kingdom of God will try to make things deeper than what they really are. They'll try to make their understanding of the word deeper than what it is. They'll try to make it seem like you can't get this same understanding on your own or that you can't get the same understanding anywhere else when truly they themselves don't have a true understanding of the word because they don't have the heart that the father has. They don't have that same heart towards the people. They don't have that same feeling towards the people of God as Jesus and as the father has. And so they are making it harder when they themselves have not entered the kingdom. And lastly, in Matthew 23 verses 23, he addresses the Pharisees for dealing heavily with the outward appearance of the people and not necessarily dealing with the heart. Now, this is my heart for ministry. Because I see it time and time again, where people are so focused on the outward appearance of the people that they're trying to minister to, that they completely miss the heart. And missing the heart of God, missing the heart of ministry, missing the heart of people will always leave them in chains. If we never deal with the heart, if we never deal with the inwardness of a person, you can make all the rules you want. It will never stick because the inward man is what causes the outward appearance. So we have to reverse this. We have to first focus on building the the inward man up first. First focus on building the heart. And then after you build those things, everything else will be birthed out of that. And this is even backed by scripture. You can see it. And the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So out of the abundance of what's inside of you, that is what is going to be brought forth into this earth. So no, Knowing what Jesus himself came out against to the Pharisees, how should we address wrong theology? Now, let me preface everything that I'm about to say with when I say tearing down wrong theology, I don't mean going up to your pastor and telling him that he's wrong and telling him why he's wrong. What I mean by tearing down improper theology, I'm saying that you do the inward work of saying, hey, I had this piece of information wrong. This is the scripture that tells me that this piece of information is wrong. So now I need to tear this down and put something up in place that is proper. So again, I'm not telling you to go to your pastor and tell him that he's wrong. I'm not telling you to go to your leader and tell him that they're wrong. I'm telling you to tear down the improper theology within yourself. Okay. So the first thing that we have to do is repent. We have to repent for the improper thinking and what I what I 
mean by this is not that we say, oh God, I'm sorry that I did this. What I mean by this is that we turn away from that. What repentance truly is, is a turning away from a previous action, a turning away from a previous way of life. In order to correct the ship of your mind, you have to turn from the wrong understanding or turn from that wrong destination, set a new destination and pursue that and lean into the truth of what you found in the text. Basically, when you know, when you know better, you'll do better. Secondly, we have to replace that thing with the truth. So after you've repented, after you turned your direction from the thing that you were headed to, now you have to set a new destination with the scripture and the truth of that scripture that you now have. Now, and I'll, I'll, I'll say it like this. When you were in school and found the right way to do to, to do a thing, you continue to do the right thing. You didn't go back to the old thing. However, I know it's easier to do the old thing because that's what you're used to, right? And then also, you have to not beat yourself up about what you previously thought. You have to give yourself some grace, right? And again, I use the same analogy of school. When you were in school, when you learned something new, you didn't spend so much time on how you had it wrong for so long. You rejoiced in the fact that now you had the truth and you pursued the truth and that was it. Because you're learning. So we're learning how to follow Jesus. We're learning how to be better disciples of him. So this is where you turn to that thing and give yourself grace for the time that you were in a wrong. Third, we have to walk in it. It is not enough to just know the truth. You must be diligent to walk in the truth of the text daily. The Bible says that those who are not only hearers of his word, but doers of his word are the ones who will be blessed. So now that we know the truth, theology. Now that we know the true way to follow Christ, we have to walk in that daily, not allow ourselves to fall back into the old way of thinking or into the old thought. Lastly, you must be diligent to share. So this is the part where now you can go out, right? So again, when we're dealing with tearing down theology, I'm not telling you to go tell somebody they're wrong. I'm telling you to do the work within yourself, but then share the truth that you found. I'm not, again, you see the focus here? It's not the focusing on the negative. It's focusing on the positive. Share the truth that you found in God's word. Share the truth that you found um, by following him strong, by following him closer, by following him daily, by reading the word daily, by becoming as a blank canvas, by putting things away that were previously put into your head that didn't have any biblical standing. Once you find that truth, share that truth with people. I promise you, because just as it's going to be liberating to you, it's going to be liberating to the people who need it for the people who you share it with. And this is going to do two things. It gives you one accountability to continue in that truth and continue to walk that truth out. And it stretches you further to completely understand the truth that you said you now found, because it's easy to go ahead and know a thing in your head. It's harder to be able to articulate that to someone else. I can think for myself, anytime God gives me revelation as I'm studying to be able to preach or teach, it's easy coming in. I just have to write it down. But what comes the hard part is being able to articulate that properly to the people of God. And so this stretches you further into your understanding so that you can break it down to its simplest point and have a structured flow to it so that it becomes understandable to other people. Again, a quick recap of what we talked about today. 
as you're reading your Bible, you're going to come across things that challenge your theology. You're going to realize that some things that you thought you knew were biblical aren't biblical. And you're going to have to do the work in order to be able to overcome those things and now come into a place where what you know is rooted in faith and be able to walk that thing out. So this is what I want you guys to do. As you read your Bible this week, come into it as a blank slate. So before you begin to read, I want I want you guys to pray. Leave all of your preconceived thought, all of your preconceived idea, all of your preconceived understanding of whatever text you're reading, leave it at the feet of Jesus and ask the Holy Spirit to come in and give you revelation and understanding on what it is that you're reading. What you'll find when you do this is that even the simplest of texts, you'll find some things that you missed that breeds new revelation Or what you're going to find is your previous revelation was erroneous or it was wrong and God is going to be able to correct that for you. So I'm excited for you guys as you go and read this, read your word, read your Bible this week. I know it's going to begin to impact you guys. I know it's going to begin to even change some things and change how you um, read the Bible, how you understand the Bible, how you even walk out your life. So I'm excited for you guys. Be sure to come back next week because next week we're going to be talking about submission. So now you have the proper theology. How do we submit to that thing? Join us next week. We're going to dive into it. Looking forward to seeing you guys. Have a blessing. Thank you guys for stopping by and listening through the podcast. If you want to continue to build your foundation in Christ, I need you to go ahead and hit that subscribe button to make sure you don't miss any episodes. Also, if you would like to support the ministry, just click the link in the description. Until next week, stay lifted.